When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Hello again, and welcome to Talking Real Money, the wonderful radio show on the weekend, and then the fabulous podcast on uh, the next week. I'm Don McDonald in Florida. Tom Cock is in the Seattle metropolitan area. I say that loosely, near the the Seattle metropolitan area. And we here, we here do, we here, we all here do this little show thing for you where we try to help you with money. And we uh, talk Apparently about you've money migrating issues. Migrating to and, Texas or something. I, or what? Come yeah, on. I'm drinking my Coca Cola. Yeah, I can see that. That's a <clears throat> first tiny one, little bottle. First there. one of these I've had in years. It's quite good. Yeah. Um, okay. and, and I want to give you a phone number to call us because then, then the rant begins. So we want to get the phone number out of the way. <laughs> Eight five five nine three five talk eight five five nine three five eight two five five. You know, I would love to have a podcast where all I could, where all I did was just rant. I would just love that, just ranting. Wouldn't that be fun? Tom's not even going to speak anymore. Are you no, done? I, I'm just remembering our old boss used to say he didn't like that. Our old boss? Yeah, our old boss, Josh. Used to say he didn't like the ranting thing. Oh, I know. We, he just didn't. It just wasn't, it wasn't comfortable for him. I get it. I yeah, get it. No, yeah, I get, I get that it. too. Sure. Now, mm-hmm. set up the basic premise. For many years, I have seen evidence, copious amounts of evidence, that the insurance industry is inherently dishonest. <laughs> they're 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 more. They're more focused on making as much money as they can possibly make than on taking care of the people they're supposed to care for. And I talk about I said this was with annuities, with whole life insurance, and now no long term care, long term care. Oh, been a blemish as now, well. But yeah. now they're finding maybe some of the most crooked insurance companies in America are the health insurance companies. This was from an article in today's New York Times based on tons of, of research, of, uh, of files from the Justice Department, whistleblower reports, all this stuff that found that almost all of the major Medicare Advantage providers in America, the big ones, have been actually committing fraud. That's the allegation. It's eight out of ten, they said, basically. Right? That that's have committed, the, okay. That have inflated that their bills. pretty much all of the industry that's just uh, – 80% lion, works. And it's yeah. not that they just inflate their bills. No, here's what they do. They go to doctors and go, hey, bottle of champagne, if you can find me another diagnosis for this patient so we can put the code on our Medicare thing and, get, and charge them for it. But I think actually, and I think you're all over it. We'll spend some time on this. But here's the one that just was a shocker reading this article. Because if you don't think this is a big problem, 
<laughs> think again. Oh my gosh, it's huge. It's bigger than anyone can imagine. You're going to yeah, hear numbers. I mean, You're going to hear numbers. I'm that, not even going to give the numbers. I'm just going to give you an idea. They're unbelievable. Because you know we spend a lot on the Army and the Navy, right? We're yeah. pretty big on the whole defense thing. The government, the government now spends as much on Medicare Advantage as the Army and Navy combined. Think that for a moment. And Huge. We're, that, we're talking ships, aircraft and carriers, submarines, tanks, tanks, and, Apache yeah. helicopters. I mean, no, they're not Apache. A lot of stuff. Oh, let me. I got another comparison for you. Just the overbilling, just the cheating, yeah. just the cheating. The estimates are that they are overbilling these insurance companies, Medicare, to the tune of twelve to twenty-five billion dollars a year. At twenty-five billion, that is bigger than the budget of NASA. So we could have actually had a rocket that went to that the went, moon. That went actually went up. Saying. Yeah, <laughs> I got off the Earth. Yeah, and here's the other part that's a little scary too. From this, again, this is an article worth reading. Um, oh my companies, gosh! Yes, companies earn two times as much gross profit from Medicare Advantage. In other words, that the money's there in this program way bigger than anything else. So where do you think yeah. they spend the time and the energy and the, yeah. You Isn't it fascinating? It, right? You think about your own personal healthcare insurance policy right. and you think, Oh my God, they're always trying to keep from paying They're you know, they're, but mm -hmm. they make twice as much money off of Medicare advantage as they do off of traditional health insurance policies. Now that has got to tell you something. And they, I think they called the, the they said the cash monster is insatiable. Can I add a couple unsatisfied maybe rapacious oh nice nice where'd you do where'd you did you get the thesaurus out spent all morning looking <laughs> that one up i feel better about 855-935-TALK our number give us a call tom and don are talking real money your guides to a really great financial future tom and don are talking real money do you work in the health insurance industry do you want to earn more money than your insurance company pays you? Well, become a whistleblower. Tell on your insurance company. Tattle on your employer and make big bucks. Yeah, there, a lot of this that we're talking about came from whistleblowers who get a portion of any settlement or, uh, that they, the government gets in the lawsuits. The government says this is a top area for fraud recovery. And that uh, guess what? The reason why so much of this goes on? Is that the this will surprise you, Don? I think a great. Oh, time. it's going to yeah. Insurance, uh huh. The insurance companies are a powerful lobby. I'm told. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and here's another thing. This is very interesting. Just this sentence. In, in fact, before I get into the quote, um, no, never mind. I'm going to do the quote. For, this is an insurance company guy. All right. This is a quote from him to the New York Times. The big healthcare plans know it's wrong. They know they're acting illegally. But... They know that. Yeah. And they know how to fix it. But they're making too much money to stop, unquote. More than the Army Navy. They're making and two, two times gross profits. I'm sorry. Which is normally a big anyway. I'm Probably. sorry. We're committing a crime, but it's just too much fun to play around in that big vault of money. Oh, anyway, um, that guy, by the way, was uh, yeah. Dr. Richard Gill Fallon, a former hospital and insurance executive mm. and yeah. a former regulator at Medicare. 
So there's this little hopping back yeah, and forth yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I work yeah. for them, and I uh-huh. work. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, so what's the solution to all of this? The insurance industry. I don't the, have one. The annuity, the what annuity problems, the annuity problems, the uh, the this thing, um, the, the the all of the misleading sales practices. We desperately need a new system of regulation. You don't think the states do a good? I don't think job the sta- I think the states stuff. do a terrible job because yeah. what you're seeing is this hopping. The, the top, most top state insurance regulators in America are former in, or future insurance companies' employees. <laughs> I may be future after the, reading these numbers. It's appalling. And what's really interesting is that Medicare Advantage started 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago. The it, idea was to save money. Right. It was yeah. if, hey, they said, here's the deal. Private plan, yep. These private insurance companies are so much better at this than we are, so why don't we give them the opportunity to run part of Medicare? And and apparently they went, oh, yeah, we are so much better at milking money out of people than you are. We are going to take everything we can get. and it's And it's destroying the system. See, that's the thing. And I was thinking about this, about about Social Security. I was talking to my wife during the break at the top of the hour. I said, you know, I, get, I cut off at 144000 I don't pay any more Social Security. I said, yep, I would that, be yep. happy to pay more. I would be happy to have it continue. Well, you to can, make, by the way. To make the system solvent. Yeah, yeah I guess I could you make a more. But yeah. I want, it sure. doesn't work if I do. It only works if oh, everybody okay. does. And nobody wants to because... I don't want to take care of the future. I just want to take care of now. I want to take care of me. And we're not. Yeah, me. The insurance companies are going, I just want to take care of us now. We want to pat our bottom line as much as possible. And it's, 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 it's appalling. It's really. Can I ask you another insurance related question here? Oh, we have a question. I love questions. This comes from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, a gentleman by the name of William. He writes, I purchased the Allianz 222 annuity eight years ago. Oh, I as know. As a qualified, this qualified investment. That means it was in an IRA, which I I think that's shocking that that still happens. Oh, but, why? Let's um, explain why, though. Let's explain why that's shocking. Well, because part of the reason you get the annuity is for tax deferral. I mean, they're, deferral. They're tax You deferred. already have that in... In IRA, why do you want to pay for that twice? I don't get that. But the surrender fee at this point, says William, is 2%. I'm 59 and plan to begin drawing on the annuity at 65. Listening to your show, it's apparent I should not have made this purchase. That being said, I have many years ahead of me in retirement. I have a 401k I'm contributing to and a well-diversified target date fund. My question is, should I take the surrender value of the fund, roll it into a qualified account so I can invest the money as part of my overall retirement investment so i guess the question is do it now or do it later yeah and and uh it's that two percent really that's yep. the that's the kick yep. do i pay do i take the yep. hit the two percent hit and move it into things that should be more lucrative over time no guarantees they will or should i wait a little while well when here's the, the allianz 222 what what kind of annuity is oh that? it's a it's an indexed annuity Okay. It's an index annuity. It's one of these annuities that's loosely tied to some market-driven benchmark that pays you a portion of it with caps. And uh, it's it's so confusing and convoluted and complicated, you cannot possibly figure out how much you might make. 
And you what thought it, Social Security it, was confusing. It, it turns out that because these things have to make the insurance company so much money, that your returns on most indexed annuities have averaged in the range of three to five percent per year. Does that sound like the market? By the way, three to five. No, market no, sounds more not. like nine. Yeah, eight to nine. Anyway, so yeah, okay. So, so your, what I would do is, is I would take pay me now or pay me later. Here's the good news: you've you've been in this during one of the worst years good point. in a decade. So you've actually been protected during all of this. You didn't Too gain bad. any money, but you didn't lose any money. So you've avoided the worst. It's way down. Now, can it go further down? Yes. Will it? We don't know. When will it go up again? Someday, we are confident someday it will go up again. We just don't know when that someday is. Hope, hopefully, we live long enough to exactly. see Exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing. You know right now that you've dodged that last six-month yeah. bullet, and you only have to pay 2%. It's like, a, it's like, oh, well, I lost 2% during the last six months. Think of it that way. Yeah, Nothing. I'd take yeah, that over right. the what I've lost, and um, and then I would just get it, start to get it invested in the things you know you need to be invested in, like well diversified portfolio that uh, William mentioned. Right. Yeah. So so it's in an IRA. Keep it in an IRA. Oh yeah. Get out of the annuity. Pay the two percent. Get your money invested properly. Get on with your life. Mm. And again, that's what you're saying. Again, here's an illustration for you of the greed of the insurance industry. If he had invested on his own, and I'm not blaming you, William, you were pitched this. It was a sales pitch. We get it. If he had invested on his own, he would have paid very, very little in fees and expenses and no commission. Good point. For yeah, this point. annuity, he paid somewhere around 8% in a commission. I believe I've looked up the Allianz before. Yep. And I can't remember exactly, but it's right around there. And it had a 10-year surrender charge. So that means he's been in this thing for eight years already. Yeah, that's and, what he said. And um, Eight years ago. That's a long time. And here's to, the thing. that the, the, the opportunity cost of that is a lot. When you think what the market's done over the last eight years, oh, wow, yeah. you See, left a lot of money on the you table. You left a lot of money on the table. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number, 855-935-8255. Please call us. We're here for you. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And just, just to share a little something with you, um, Tom is going through a, a rough time right now. So uh, if you could call to kind of, he needs something to fill the time. He's no longer getting emails. So he cannot check his emails. And That's good. That's fair, by the way. He's really getting, I will have a withdrawal. He's, you wait till you see me Monday morning at about 530. It will not be pretty. He's getting edgy. You see, the company is changing yeah. the emails and they took yeah. his computer away Doing for something. the weekend. <laughs> Holding it tightly too yesterday, trying to keep it from. And you don't understand how important away, but... checking his emails is to Tom. <laughs> this, everything so, you've just said is completely so true, by the way. Give him a call. Can't It'll really distract deny it. him from the emails. 855 935 Tom. Thank you. <laughs> that was all very fair. Uh, we get questions written in. We as well, get as questions. Not many times. We get, you know, uh, voice questions. Lots we of get questions. Calling questions. We get written ones. This one comes from DM on Mercer Island. Oh, it's not me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sound like you. Is it worth submitting a claim received in the mail on an asset in a mutual fund? 
A few times I receive a civil action claim for an asset in a mutual fund. The time spent to find out the process and procedure to file the legal claim, submit the form, the detail, blah, blah, blah. Maybe minuscule depending on the number of claims submitted and the postage. Is it worth it? Mm, I do it. I submitted one. I submitted one a while back. I don't think I received anything since the processing time takes a very long time. That oh, I forgot oh, about oh, it. Oh no, 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 no! They didn't forget about it. They didn't forget about it. Let me let me tell you, I I was part of a, a class action on something, and I don't remember what it was, but it was like yeah. four years ago that I you know did the little check the box, join the claim, mm-hmm. join the class. I got forty two dollars last week. And that paid for was it two trips to Chick Fil A or one? Yeah, but you know the the reality is I checked a box. You know, it was okay. it was right. wasn't hard work. So and you're in, saying do it. I, in another case, though, we we Debbie did this. She was looking through some old, an old box of paper, and she found some old statements from the early '90s that we had money in PBHG fund, which has gone. I know that name. I don't know why. Yeah, PBHG got in trouble for um, selling people their soon to be purchased stocks in the fund. They were saying, hey, guess what we're going to be buying tomorrow? Go ahead and pick some up. So they were front running and didn't play. It's kind of an insider trading thing. They got in a big trouble. There was a big lawsuit, and we did not participate in the lawsuit. And the payouts were huge. They were in the thousands of dollars, which we did not participate in. So absolutely, I would do it. I think it's worth it's It's a little tiny bit of your time. Uh Less than an hour, certainly, much less. And if I gave you $42 for an hour's work, would you feel good about it? I feel pretty good about it. I work for, well, okay. No, you uh, make more than that. Yeah, but not a lot. Well, I'm talking about when I'm out, uh, you know, being a referee. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like, if you divide no, up what I get, well, yes, at work. <laughs> yes, okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, we just had a meeting the other day with like four of us and there was no agenda. And I was like, do you realize how much this is? Talk about the way you had, a, you had wow. an agenda free meeting. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. So, uh, it wasn't my meeting. So anyway, but yes, I hate, I hate um, meetings. I hate gosh. meetings. When was the last time you were in a meeting? I try to avoid last time. You have been in one for the CEO a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. That's true. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Well. And he got so excited about it that he quit. <laughs> quit he's moved on to other pastures that's true all right fair enough so any rate you say go ahead and do the claim file it i say go ahead and file the claim absolutely okay Okay. Okay. absolutely i mean what would you do i'd probably do it but that's just who i i mean it's one of those things that's on my desk i'm send it off you want to clear that desk yeah, I just and you I'm do kind of a one minute manager you about stuff like that. Have so one of the I don't have a lot of yeah, I don't have a lot of stuff I've ever seen. Yeah, so yeah, looking around here, totally different story. <laughs> yeah, it's just different. Wow, people. I am easily distracted. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. So I I would I would fill out the boxes and send it in, but that's just my style. But. All right, if you have questions, we have time. We have almost a half an hour to give you. Well, okay, we can do one more quickly here. No, before the we bottom can't. Of the hour or not. I don't, okay, I was going to say because no, look at the time. A quick one. All right, is it quick? Okay. okay, quick, go. You recently explained the meeting of basis points, which was helpful. How can I find the fees for a given mutual fund expressed in basis points? That from Steve in Connecticut. Take the fee you see. Oh no, Steve in North Carolina. Whatever. Take yeah. the take the percentage fee you see. For example, if it's one percent, that's one hundred basis points. If it's 0.25, that's 25 basis points. If it's 0.17, that's 17 basis points. 0.50, 
50 basis points. Just that's it. That's how simple it is. Thanks for the call. Or the question. It wasn't really a call, was it? It was tight. Tom and Don are talking real money. Reality radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hi there. Welcome back to the show about dough, about you, about your future, about retirement, about saving, about investing, about taxes, about insurance, about all these things that you deal with that require money or that make money or that lose money. Call us before you do something you'll regret at 855-935-TALK. Call us if you're confused about what you got and what you're doing, 855-935-8255. And that's just what Teresa did to help keep Tom company. Hi, Teresa. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hello. How are you guys? We're well, thank you. Well enough. He's better than I am. Okay. <laughs> What's up? Anyway, I have a question. I need to take my required minimum distribution out before the end of the year, and it's about $8,000. I am 75 and working full time, um, but not anyway. But I need to take um, I've, most of my money's in Vanguard, um, and some of it's in the is it VTWX? It's whatever you recommended. And some of it's in VTWAX. Uh, VT Wax, and some of it's in mm -hmm. money market, and some of it's in the bond fund, but most of it's in the VTWX. So, what do I? I I don't know at my age at seventy five where to take it out of, or just take it out evenly. I don't know if they do that. I've got how much is in the money market? How much money's in the money market? Oh boy, about a fourth of it, I think. It's. I, I don't well, that would be the first place. Oh, you take it out if of the you money have, market? Absolutely. That would be number one. Yep. Yeah, that would be number one. Yep. yep. Even though and then I the other two, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. How, how much money do you yeah. have in your whole account? I think it's about, well, whatever it is, I need to take $8,000 out. No, no, no. The, okay, but yeah, so... So if she has a quarter of it in her money market, the money market will more, more than cover that. She's got a lot of money. If 8000 is her required minimum distribution, she's got a bunch of money. Well, Tom. anyway, but if I'm yeah, thinking, I'm, I'm, it out I'm of thinking about it. Stable thing, though, the market's yep, yep. gone down 20% or something. That's right. Since the first of the and year. the expectation. So, I mean, okay, so then back to that for a moment. First of all, the money market is cash, essentially. So that would be the first thing I would. I would. But you see what she's one. asking. You, you, yeah. you hear the what question do do in here because yeah. it's the mm -hmm. market. You 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 don't mess with your. It, when we buy long term securities, which are, which stocks are, we want to ride those for the long term, and you don't so want to sell them because yeah. you don't get any tax advantage. In my mind, if you so you would want to number number one. Teresa, you would want to know what your stock to bond ratio should be for yourself first, because wax is a stock fund, right? You said you have some bonds. Once you have those percentages kind of figured out, then you'd say, okay, now I need to pull, in addition to the whatever's in the money market, another 5000 You would sell in the apportioned amount. So one may have gone up more, or pardon me, one may have gone down less than the other, 
So you're going to take it from the thing that has performed best, right? So you can rebalance the account. It sounds a little confusing, but that's the but way. What I'm I saying at 75, it. her requirement distribution is just a couple of percent of her entire no, portfolio. It's, my, it's about four percent. Yeah, it's it's really small, which means that her, her she said it's about a quarter of her portfolio. So she's got tens of thousands of dollars in the money market. Yes, she does. Therefore, uh, no, yeah, no, she, she said it wouldn't cover all. She said uh, it wouldn't cover all of it. Did I hear you? No, wrong? I don't think she said, said that. What I, no, but no, what I'm wondering about, I need to take it out, but what should the balance be? I think I've got, I, I've, I don't have it in front of me, but um, like I said, what I do is when I take the money out, I put it all in savings. So, um, uh, you know, so it's, I'm not like spending it or anything. So, well, that's not relevant. I mean, the relevant things are number one making sure that your balance in that individual retirement account is is what you want it to be in terms of risk, reward, and market conditions. Because one thing may have gone, as I said, down less than the other, and you want to get back to those correct percentages. That's the number you need to run. It has, but, right, it has nothing to do with the other. The simple answer is the rest of the portfolio, if it is properly allocated for your risk tolerance, uh, always – Always, your required minimum distributions should come out of the cash portion of the portfolio, which you can then refill with future dividends or with rebalancing that you should be doing at least on an annual basis. So that's the real situation. You don't try to pick and choose where to take it from. You take it from the money market, then you replenish the money market. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Well, apparently everybody in the Seattle metro area is outside smoking. They don't even have to light up. I'm going to take it up. They don't even have to light up to smoke right now. It's just, you you can just breathe in that fine herbal mix of pine trees and spruce. You'd have been proud of me. I was actually outside at sunset last night, which is kind of late for me, and, uh, it was weird. It was all orange and yeah, oh, it's not I, pleasant looking. It, it it's is, bad. It it's is, bad. I'm telling you, the West is a mess. The whole yeah, West really of the is. United States is a mess. And then there's here where, please take our water. You want water? <laughs> we got <laughs> we extra. Yeah. You can have as much as you want. We got these lakes that are full to overflowing. You take it. I, I want to thank Teresa for her call because she raises a great point. She a does. Very a good point, point that everybody Two has, points, by actually. the way. Yeah. That number one is kind of the market is down. What do I do? Number two, how to figure out if you have to draw on the money, where to draw it from. This is always a topic. Mm-hmm. And and I just talked to a gentleman this morning, same situation. Like I had to start drawing on my money. What do I do? And it's tricky. And what I was trying well, to say. Well, it's easy. It just seems tricky. Yeah. What I was trying to say is, and I, I don't know, I, I don't know that I'm saying this well, but every person should have a, what we call asset allocation. Don has a stock to bond ratio. Mm-hmm. I think it's riskier than mine. I have a stock to no, bond I'm ratio. No, I'm 70 30. I'm 80 20. No, I'm less risky than so you. So I've lost more, I've lost more money than you mm-hmm. have. But when you go to pull money out of that portfolio, generally in a qualified account, like an IRA, like that Teresa was talking about, what you want to do is pull from the thing that usually has made money where the other one has not made money. In this case, both have gone down. Mm -hmm. But in a general sense, you're going to pull money from the one. Thank you for saying it that way, by the way. See, that's the problem. People keep saying, well, the stock market is down. Shouldn't I sell? 
No, the stock market isn't down. It just was. We don't know what it is, We and we certainly don't know what it will be. Yeah, so the point of the matter is for her, for anyone, if you have an assigned, and you should, and thank you, by the way, Teresa, for following her advice to own VT Wax, which is now VT... VT, I don't know. It's very it's, no, it's v, it used to be VTWSX, which was the okay. regular shares. Then it went That's to the right. Admiral shares, which is VTWAX. Yeah. And it's down 24% year to date. So mm-hmm. it's had a pretty tough year, no question. And the bonds are probably down 10 to 12%. Yes, but as can, may well. I add, though, it may be yes. down 24% this year, but still, over the last decade, it has returned on average more than seven and a half percent per year, despite that massive decline. Yeah, which is which is great. So back to Teresa's situation, you're going to rebalance the account so that you're back to the correct per, uh, the amount in stocks and the amount in bonds. That may in t- this year probably results in selling a little bit of both. That's what I was saying. It gets kind of confusing. But for general purposes, you're going to sell the thing that has made money and buy the thing that has gone down and pay yourself at the same time. That's generally what how you rebalance the account. Right, which is a painful process for it, a lot of it, people. It is. And it, it, is. It, it does. That's why you say most things, most investing requires a mental discipline. It really does. We should, we actually should bring on some sort of a, a guru or a, a, a psychiatrist or somebody to teach. Maybe we get that woman from Billions. She's good. She's good. She's an yeah. actress, but she's good. Yeah, whatever. Um, she be good. But we, yeah. we, you need you need to find a way to focus and not scatter all your energy out there in all these different directions. Remember, the markets have have in the past made people money. The stock market and the bond market both. In the future, they are likely to, but we cannot guarantee that. Why, Don, are they likely to make money in the future? Well, one, bonds that are issued will pay interest. That's the money you're going to make. More interest now than they were paying a couple of years ago, by the way. Stocks. What are stocks? We're going to go little basics here. Yeah, I mean, this is ownership in companies, right? Right. Make money, some of them, lose money, some, you know, et cetera. So, yeah. But we don't look at them individually. This is a problem. We walk the walk. We don't own individual stocks nor trade individual stocks. Neither one of us. You shouldn't either because that is micro-investing. You need to macro-invest. You need to look at the big picture. In aggregate, all of these companies over the past 100-plus years have grown, in aggregate, more valuable over time. And they should. Right. When you think, because they are riskier. A risk-free right. return has made, you know, what, 1% or 2%. Absolutely. You gave the number last time. But $1 the other thing, turned though, into the other thing that's there is just the fact that the productivity of human beings has Ingenuity, increased. Ingenuity, productivity, Te- technology. All, all those things. Sure, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So right. what you're betting on, when you buy stocks, you're not betting on Apple or Microsoft or Exxon. Or, you're not betting on any of those. What you're betting on is that the human race will continue to do what it has done since we came out of the, the jungle and started civilizations and started building cities and started built, planting crops and started building wealth. And, and so you're, that's exactly right. 
investing in stocks requires optimism because right. it says tomorrow is going to be bigger and better than today. Can Don and I guarantee that? No, we can't guarantee that. There may be something cataclysmic, but in a general sense, that's kind of what, as you point out, humankind has done. And if you if you if you really believe the other side, if you really are so pessimistic that you cannot imagine that that the global economy will grow in the future, then you should listen to the new podcast that I'm thinking about making. After the president <laughs> spoke, I thought, you know how we know it would be hot? A podcast called Apocalypse Now. Oh gosh. <laughs> There was already a movie, a good one. No, no, but see, this, all this would be about is, is how gloomy the world is and how everything's going to fail. Uh, was it Apocalypse? Was that the word? He used a different word, I think. Anyway. Armageddon. Armageddon, yeah. Armageddon so, now. Yeah. That's what I'll call it, Armageddon now. If you, if you believe that, then no, you don't invest in stocks. You don't even invest in bonds. You invest oh, gold. in- Crypto. Crypto. No. Canned food. Yeah. Guns and ammo. That's yeah. where your money is. Think about crypto for a minute, folks. If the global economy <laughs> fails, what happens to all the computers? Yeah, well, let me think. Oh, that's oh, right. They I, don't work anymore. Don't work. power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And gold? Like my computer sitting there. I want you to think about gold for a minute. People say, I've got my gold as a hedge against the world coming to an end. You know, the whole society collapsing and all that. People will still mm-hmm. take gold, right? Let's imagine for a minute you're living in a shack with a wood stove and you've been there for 10 years. You've run out of all the canned food. You've run out of, uh, you, you're going down to the creek to drag water up. You're hunting rabbits in the woods or killing a squirrel now and again. And somebody comes up to you and they go, hey, dude, I got an ounce of gold here. Can I have all your rabbits? What are you going to say? What do I got to do with your dang gold? What am I going to buy with it? Waskily oh, wabbit thing, but I couldn't, I couldn't come. I couldn't come up with it. So, yeah, uh, the answer to that would be no. And my gun says, "Get off my property." Right. So, what would yeah, be yeah. valuable if somebody came up to you and said, "I have a box of bullets mm. for your gun. Yes. Can I have a couple of your rabbits?" Now, I yeah. would make that deal, but for gold, I'm not going to. What am I going to do with gold? I can't even make Hard it into a decent weapon. It's too soft. Yeah. You hit somebody with it, and it bends. 855-935-TALK. Number good 24-7. Call us anytime to ask us questions. We either answer them here on the show or on the podcast, which is available everywhere. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And if you're in that cabin in the woods with your big old rifle and a bear (laughs) saunters by and... As it has, yeah, yeah. And the bear, the bear, mar- yeah. the bear comes marching in. One of the things you want to do is before that bear eats your bunnies, you want to kill that bear. So, what do you do if you run into a bear market? You call people that know what to do, like Paul Merriman, like Tom Cock, and you come and listen to the them. bear market exterminator team. That's, <laughs> the team is back together Saturday, uh, November fifth, in Bellevue or online. Yeah, that's going to be a great class talking about. How to protect yourself with diversification, withdrawal strategy, all the stuff that we talk about right here on this program. And for sale in the lobby, bear repellent. Cans of bear repellent. <laughs> if they work against bears, you know they have to work against bear markets. If you want to sign up, go to vestry.com. Oh, no. Yeah. Talkingrealmoney.com. Oh, you can sign up there. Talkingrealmoney.com. 
hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial product or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?